back to Manifestation Queen Radio. I am so excited to have you guys here again for another episode. This is your show for all things manifesting your best life through accessing your feminine energy, your magnetism, working with spirit, embracing your sense of pleasure. (laughs) And I have my very good friend, Katie Grimes, with me here today. And Katie, I said pleasure in that way for you because Katie always teases me about the way that I say pleasure. <laughs> always. always. Always says pleasure. So I'm you you feel pleasure when you say the words. Yeah. That's I what do. it sounds like. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> uh, if you guys follow me on Instagram or have listened to the show before, you've probably, or listened to Katie's podcast, Anything for Love, you've probably heard her content. We love to do collaborations together in person and online. And so I'm sure you already know and love her, but for those of you that don't, Katie Grimes, tell the people your magic on this planet. The ma- I love that description, the magic on this planet. I think my magic is I absolutely love coaching and being supportive to people who are trying to navigate like a new relationship and really understand like all that kind of pops up around anxiety or fear, doubt, and worry, but they really want to move into more like confidence and feeling more self-assured and feeling like they can communicate easier. easier. Mm-hmm. And I think that those skills can be applied to the conversations that we might have with our families or might have with our when in our careers. So I find that a lot of people come to me specifically to figure out why love feels like the one thing that's missing. And then what we often do mm-hmm. is like then talk about business and love and like life and all these other aspects because I don't know. I just, I love it so much because I think I came from a place where I was so confused for so long and realizing that like I'm on this journey to heal this stuff and move through this stuff and then teach other people what I've learned and hopefully it can be inspiring and helpful to them to then go teach somebody else. Mm, Yeah. And it so is. You embody what you teach. And I just know this about you because I know you personally that you walk the talk, you're doing the work, you're moving through things, you learn it, and then you teach your clients. It's totally embodied and authentic. So I feel that from you all the time. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, it is something that, you know, I know I've, I've shared with you privately as we've coached together and stuff is like, sometimes it feels so confusing and conflicting when you're teaching this stuff and you're you're a good advocate of this, but also because you do this yourself is like, is to be able to go, okay, well, we have to go through it. We have to go through it in order to then understand what are the lessons we're supposed to be learning. So then that way, when someone else comes to us, be it a client, friend, et cetera, we're able to offer support and guidance should they be asking for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I often like to say, like I had an example come up recently where someone I was getting to know and dating exclusively got sick and was distancing himself. And I had shared with you privately, privately, like, what the heck, like all my old abandonment stuff is coming up in just Mm -hmm. a couple of days. Like, why is this happening when I teach this stuff for real? Mm -hmm. Like I teach this stuff to my clients and you had given me a kind of twofold answer. Like one is there's more healing to be done and on a deeper level. And then the second is like, I think what what I interpreted as is that while yes I'm here to to heal this stuff I'm also here because I'm supposed to eventually teach somebody else this and sure as shit like four other people particularly clients came to me the weeks after it had been about maybe 3 weeks after he and I ended things 
and they all said, okay, so I'm dating this guy, just first getting to know him, and he's getting sick, and he's, like, distancing himself, and I was, like, oh. I was, like, so annoyed, like, internally, but was also, like, oh, my, to all my clients, was, like, so I have the best gift for you, which is, <laughs> I literally just went through this three weeks ago privately, and I'm happy mm. to share what I learned. Mm. Maybe yeah. save you some heartache, time, tears, whatever comes up. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I believe that when we decide, okay, I'm going to be a coach, I'm going to be a leader in this area, love, business, pleasure, whatever it is. We're basically saying to the universe, like, oh, I'm ready to be that walking embodiment. And then naturally you're going to get triggers, what I call portals to your growth, to clear all that stuff out. Every time I do a launch on relationship or like I just did one on pleasure, um, we did the pleasure portal and that whole launch, I was going through my own shifting with my, uh, reproductive health with the pleasure I was experiencing with reaching way new heights of pleasure. I wasn't expecting like this whole overhaul, you know, and that's kind of what we sign up for. I think when we teach what we teach, so you're dedicated to healthy love and teaching people how to find healthy love and, and be healthy and love. And that's how you lead yourself. Totally. I mean, I think you, you touched on a couple points is one is I definitely believe that in order to have healthy love, even for those of us listening who are in relationship, mm -hmm. like is to be able to be like, wait, it starts with me. Yeah. And, and also kind of, you had taught me this is like, I get to go first. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when I'm, when I'm feeling uncomfortable or I'm feeling this like massive amount of growth, that's uncomfortable and painful and just feels hard and stuck. <clears throat> I just sort of have you that phrase you said to me and you just said it now is like when I signed up to when I by the way I didn't choose this life mm. you know like I really believe that God universe source like chose this life for me mm -hmm. and so in that that choice was made for me that you are to lead you are to hold space for other people so that they can lead themselves mm. through whatever shifts they need to change and make because that's directing them towards their best life is something you had said to me was like, you got to go first then. Mm. So like if you're wanting to help more people and you're wanting to make more money or you're wanting to, to get into a healthy, loving, committed relationship, you've got to go first. And that may mean that I'm not necessarily going to get what I thought I was going to get. Like I, I thought, and I was pretty optimistic about this last relationship. Oh my gosh, you know, it does get to be this easy. And here's the thing. I still believe it gets to be that easy when mm -hmm. you're first getting to know someone. Mm -hmm. I also now believe that I can ask different questions mm -hmm. to be able to to see if that person's willing to give the answer. And and also to remember that it takes time for somebody to show up and show you who they're going to be consistently. But the same can be applied for like money and business and all that other stuff that we love to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does get to be good. It's just that there's sometimes these lessons along the way to help us clear stuff out so we can be even more available. And that might even mean stronger boundaries, you know, like sooner deciding not available for that. See what's going on here. I can recognize whatever it is, a love bomb, a manipulation, a false mm. promise, catch it sooner and let it go, you know? So it's always serving us um, and giving you greater clarity. It always is. I like how you said that triggers are portals. It's mm -hmm. a nicer way of saying trigger <laughs> because every single time I launch a new course, mm -hmm. something that I've felt inspired to create, I also go through a really big 
it's almost like a purge. I mean, I just feel like right before I launched um, a course just recently, that's when this abandonment wound came up. Like, because the love bombing that occurred reminded me of an abandonment wound. And I was like, oh my gosh. Now, just before I launched that course, I was in a, a I had hosted a small group program. It was like kind of a small mini mastermind mm. with like six women and it was like a, a four, four day program. It was really cool. And that's all the shit they were going through. Mm. And I was like, how interesting that I was leading them through this and was giving them really sage sound advice and not realizing that was what was happening behind the scenes. This guy was like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to really make sure that, and it's not a test, but just more like you can say one thing, but you also have to do the same thing. You can't say one thing and do another. So if you're saying to be calm, cool, and collective and not try to have more fun in your life and experience more pleasure in your life so that you aren't getting so attached to this person so soon, are you actually doing that, Katie? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the answer in that moment, if I'm being really honest, Brie, it wasn't. I was not. Mm-hmm. I was kind of in love with the fantasy of what I thought this was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and in a way, like you said, like, okay, so what boundaries can I set going forward mm-hmm. that help me to slow things down? And I have noticed too that with the men that I'm getting to know now, I have to be very firm in my boundaries. Mm-hmm very firm. Mm. And it can't be passive. You know, I like recently was getting to know someone and I said, yeah, like I feel like when I'm first getting to know someone, I tell you this all the time, I don't feel like I need to talk to them every day. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, he didn't hear me. <laughs> oh no. He's still reaching out multiple, like, and it's lovely, but mm-hmm. I am off the heels of a love bomb. Mm-hmm. And also I just feel like I'm just getting to know him. So mm-hmm. I need to, I personally need to slow down. And this is what I used to wrestle with. Is this healthy love and I'm just not used to it? Mm-hmm. So I'm pushing it away. No, that's this is my intuition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is my intuition going, it's okay. I like to get, I like you. I want to get to know you. Can we slow down, please? Mm-hmm. Totally fair. You get to set the pace for that. What's nice is he's his energy's still coming at you. He's still mm-hmm. pursuing. So that's good signs of could be empowered masculine. We don't know. We don't know this man yet, but yeah. still positive signs. And you get to say, just like you are, no, I'm, I'm setting the pace here. I'm reminding, I'm remembering, oh gosh, this might give me a vulnerability hangover. <laughs> My mom, please don't get mad at me. <laughs> My mom once told me when I was a kid in high school, I was asking her questions about sex. And as you can imagine, I was curious about sex from that age. Uh, Shocker that I do what I do now. But I was asking her questions and like how to be satisfied. Because when you're in high school or whenever you're first becoming sexually active, for women, the experience is different than men. We're trying to figure out how do I have pleasure? They're clearly having pleasure. (laughs) Right. How do I have pleasure? And I remember saying something along the lines of her, something along the lines of, it's just like too fast. Things start and end too quickly, you know? And she was like, Brie, don't, you need to know that women set the pace in sex. You set the pace. You get to decide how things go. I was like, that Mama is- Mosher with the, oh, my mom has some amazing advice that I store away, like perfect little things that she says, but same thing in dating, right? It's like, actually we're, we are setting the pace. Yes. There's an element of 
you know, the masculine gets to lead and pursue and all these things, but ultimately it's at your comfortability. I have lots of clients that find really great empowered masculine men who are like, okay, I'm ready to lock it down. And she's like, I'm actually not yet. So I just need a few more weeks. And that doesn't scare them away. No, they're, they're just wanting to make you safe and comfortable and happy. And it gets to be the same thing in the bedroom. So I agree. It's so true. Yeah. Mama Mosher with the advice. I agree. I mean, you get to set the pace in the bedroom and outside of it. And I think Mm -hmm. I never knew that we as women, specifically myself as a woman, had that kind of power Mm -hmm. because I always felt bad, right, Mm -hmm. that I would like push them away or whatever else. So in in turn, I would actually give people my power very easily. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't, I really am practicing that. Like, I'm not just saying that. Like, I am actively practicing how to not let my, how to not give people my power because that's codependency. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, I'm not okay unless somebody else is okay. And I think what I have found is like, in the moments when I, when I am trying to retreat and I really value this quiet time that I give myself now and have practiced getting to know myself in that quiet time, is that when one of the guys that I'm dating, calls or texts in the middle of that is I have the choice to either A, not respond in that moment, or B, what I have been doing is sending a text saying, hey, I I just saw that you called. I'm actually heads down or I hadn't been feeling well earlier this week. So like, you know, I'm just not feeling that great. Could we connect tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And like, I think that was the lesson from that past relationship that I told you that was love bombed because he didn't do that. So I think that was a good lesson for me is like even in the moments when I don't feel like reaching out and really want to be quiet, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier. It, there's this weird dichotomy of like would it be easier to just not send the text? But the reality is is the respectful, valuable thing to do is to reach out and say, I'll, I'm quiet. I'm getting quiet. Can I talk to you tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And they're like that much more excited to talk to you, I found mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. What I love about that is it's clear, direct communication. I don't, I know that you don't play games in dating. I know this about you. I know that. Oh yeah. The only games I play girl board games. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. cool, cool. Okay. Um, So I know you love how much I caught you off guard. I just expected it to be like, I didn't know what was going to come out of your mouth. The only games I play, I'm like, here we go. What's what's going to come out of KG's mouth right now? The only knows? games I play are board games. I don't know why I censored myself. It's my podcast. I can say fuck on here. <laughs> <laughs> I like silenced it when it wanted to come out of my mouth. Who fucking knows what Katie's going to say? So Katie only plays board games. She doesn't play games in dating. And what was I going to say? Uh, sometimes I think people can do this maybe subconsciously or consciously where they just decide, oh, I'm not going to answer him right away. And I'm actually going to wait a whole day because that's going to make me seem unavailable and unattainable and make him want me more. So I'll just text him back tomorrow. And this just comes back to, if you want healthy love, you have to be a healthy partner. How would you, what would you want in that moment? It's so true. I remember you know how you were going to your mom for advice at like in high school? Um, yeah. I was I I was too, except she was like handing me books. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she would read me like I or she would give me like men are from Mars, women yes. are from Venus or whatever. Or I think there was a book called The Rules. And mm-hmm. one of my friends, Carrie, just reminded me that when we were in sixth grade, we we would sit and read the rules and we would figure <laughs> out how we could do it with the boys we liked. 
She would sit at her house, I would sit at my house, and we would read a chapter. <laughs> like a book club. Oh my god, we started a book club, and we didn't even know it at that point. And one of my girlfriends, Danielle, in high school was like, I know you used to read like all these books, but you just need to be you. You need to like stop figuring out these rules. And I didn't mm -hmm. realize what I was creating was unhealthy love mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. also inconsistency and, un and unreliability. Is that a word? Being unreliable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because people didn't know where they stood with me. And I feel like that is not uh, feedback that I receive now. It, in fact, I think what people say is like, Jesus, like it takes them off guard. Like they're like, oh, I, I know where I stand with you. Yes. Like I remember when I first started dating after my year and a half off from not dating, mm -hmm. consciously not dating, I went out with this guy, Tom, and he was like, uh, something, he said something like, like, how's it going on the dating apps? Or I said, how's it going on the dating apps? Because like clearly we were on a date. We had, we had, we had known each other from work or whatever, but I had seen him on a dating app. So like I knew he was on there too. And I he had mentioned it, how it was going. And then I was like, I was like, well, yeah, for me, I mean, I feel like it's nice to like get to know you and I'm like getting to know a couple other people. And I just feel like like that's what dating is, right? Is you just get to know someone and then you get to pick like which one feels the most aligned. And he was like, I have never met a woman like you. I've never met a woman who just like <laughs> literally just tells me exactly where I stand with her. Mm. and like what she needs and what she wants and mm. now for him we were not in alignment mm. because he had career goals that were taking precedence over mm -hmm. um dating goals and that's fine but mm. like at least i knew what question to ask so that i knew where i stood with him too mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah and then you just figured out that you weren't in alignment it was compatibility issue right i think a lot of times i remember not reading books like that, but what's coming to me is reading like Cosmopolitan and yeah. 17 and like 18 juicy texts that you can make him, you know, want to ask you out or stupid headliney stuff like that. And I didn't realize a lot of those are played off of attraction psychology, like probably in a lot of those books and their manipulation. And a lot of times, because basically what it is, is we don't believe that we are inherently worthy of being chosen. So we feel like we have to manipulate people to want us. wounded part of them that feels like oh. they need to be chosen, that fears rejection. You're not going to bring out their best side. The best side of people comes out with safety and respect and love, you know? So what you're doing by communicating really clearly is bringing out the best in people and letting them know, I'm not here to play games or try to make you like me. I know I'm worth choosing. I know that we're just seeing if we're aligned. Have you ever dated somebody or getting to know somebody like right off the bat where intuitively you you feel a, sen a, a heightened sense of anxiety because they're doing that shit? I've actually like, yeah, I've like picked up on it recently mm -hmm. where uh, it's really, I mean, he was a smoke show. This guy was fine. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and he was doing it. Like he asked me out on a date at like five and then I texted him back and I was like, yeah, I'm down. Like what time do you want to go? And then mm -hmm. I didn't hear back from him for like two hours and I finally texted him and I was like, if we don't go out before eight, I'm not going to be able to go out. Mm -hmm. he was, and he wrote right back right away. He was like, oh my God, well, I could only really go out at nine. I was like, well, you should have told me that then mm -hmm. at five when mm -hmm. you texted me. Mm -hmm. Then I wouldn't have waited two hours. Mm -hmm. And like it was like fucking annoying, and and immediately I was like, oh, this guy's not a good communicator. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm not available for this because I found that my anxiety was starting to spike. And I'm like, on a scale of zero to 10 of like how important this person is to me, he's zero because I don't know him. It was a first date. Mm -hmm. And his communication had been dicey. And I was just like, okay, so Katie, this is a good sign, a good sign mm -hmm. that when you first get start to get to know someone and they are dropping off, like they'll set, like I had this guy um, that I've told you about, the Cali guy. And I would send a text. I'm sorry, he would send a text asking me a question. I would send a text back responding to his question in mm -hmm. a timely manner, mm -hmm. asking him a question back, and then he would send a text a whole 24 hours later, sometimes not answering the text question that I asked, and then maybe just asking another question. And I was like, mm -hmm. and I, I finally just said, if you would like to get to know me better or you want to catch up, I'd be happy to do a phone call, but the way we're texting is like not working for me. Yeah. And it's just because like it causes so much anxiety in between because it's not me. It's the old – well, it's their communication style, but it's it's not working for me, I guess mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So I just don't – I don't hang with people like that no more. Yeah. When you've done a lot of this work and you know you're generally a healthy relationship partner, right? Mm -hmm. You're pretty self-aware like you are and like probably a lot of your clients and definitely my clients are. Um, when we start to feel that anxiety or get this hit that this person's game playing, there's a good chance that it's them and not you. I always tell people to do an inventory of like, could this be some of my past stuff? And I've shared mm. on this podcast in years, I went through a narcissistically abusive relationship. So I know when I feel anxiety, it might be mine because of sure. feeling that Same. stuff and I'm willing to be accountable for it. Um, and I have my own processes for like how to heal it and feel it and notice, is this me? Is this him asking safe people that I love and telling them the situation? Um, but if this is like a random person you're getting to know, and they're not being consistent and you do feel like they're manipulating and trying to withhold their attention to make you want them more, like you get to trust that sign in your body and just go, wow, this really doesn't feel good to me. I've ended connections too, for that reason of, mm -hmm. I feel like you're game playing and I want healthy love. I'm actually not looking to gameplay. So I'm going to move I, I love that. I, I think that's like the most empowering thing you can do. I had was getting to know someone just over text message and he was – every other day it was like, hey, how are you? Mm -hmm. And it was just so boring and blah. Mm -hmm. And so I had said to him – I left a voice memo. I was like, hey, I appreciate you like reaching out every now and then asking me how I'm doing. But if you actually like want to get to know me, mm -hmm. a phone call would feel really great. And – um. He didn't, he didn't hear me. So when he did it again, hey, how are you? I responded with the same message mm -hmm. and he didn't hear me. And then a week has gone by and then I just got a message from him yesterday that says, hey. And I literally just wrote, hey, I've reached, you know, you've reached out to me. If, I appreciate you reaching out, mm -hmm. but I've made it really clear that this is what I want mm -hmm. and you've made it really clear that you're not able to g give me that. Mm -hmm. So I wish you the best. I hope, you know, and I was, I was very explicit because sometimes people say like, you shouldn't teach them a lesson. I'm like, well, I'm not trying to teach them a lesson, like with attitude, like I'm not trying to teach you a lesson, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to say like, I'm not emotionally available or physically available for the kind of attention that you're giving me. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't feel good. And I think the same with, was with narcissism. I think, you know, I too had been in a narcissistic relationship and recently I was getting to know someone else. And again, these are just like through text messages, right? Like, cause that's part of dating. You're just getting to know and text. And he had 
placed a couple phone calls and I noticed that it was always all about him. Mm. There was a lot of egocentricness, like, well, he didn't do this right. So I, I did that. You know, I noticed like some aggression. There was just, I started to just listen. Mm-hmm. That's all I did. I was like, I just want to listen and be inquisitive. So mm-hmm. I actually, he led the conversation most of the time because he's narcissist, in my opinion. I thought he, I think he's narcissistic because mm-hmm. he naturally would lead the conversation, right? And like, and that's not a characteristic of narcissism, but when it was so focused on him, I was like, okay, I don't even need, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. I don't even need to help you with this. Mm-hmm. And so when I ended, when I ended things, I realized for me personally to protect my energy, I would actually not, ha- I could not tell the truth. Mm-hmm. I was not going to be able to tell him you're egocentric, you're, fo- you know what I mean? So I had to kind of put some boundaries in place. I'm like, what would feel authentic to me that also would draw a line in the sand and he would respect the boundary? Mm-hmm. And so for me personally, I I wrote him and said, you know, it's been really nice getting to know you, but over this time I've realized that there's somebody who I've also been building a connection with and I'm just going to focus my attention on there, uh, there. And he pushed the boundary not once, not twice, but three times, Brie. Mm. And that's when I was like, oh, see, I can trust my intuition. Mm-hmm. Oh, my ears ringing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, yeah, like I just got like a kind of a little bit of a pain, like a ooh, it was. And I remember thinking, people are going to come into our life, and it doesn't mean that there's anything we're doing that attracts those kind of narcissists or kinds of people into our life. But if I am rooted and grounded in what I need and what I want, it is an equal weighted relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not someone who will push my boundaries when I have said no. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said this to you. Did I say it over text or boxer? I can't remember, but the easiest way that wounded masculine will reveal themselves is when you set a boundary, there will be pushback, blame shifting, getting angry with you about it, getting aggressive about it. And wounded feminine will reveal themselves when you set a boundary and they get manipulative or needy or like, but no, but I need this, but oh, please. And like that kind of energy, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, when we say narcissistic, Katie and I did a podcast on this. There's mm-hmm. like, there's personality disorder, NPD, uh, narcissistic personality disorder, the extreme end of wounded masculine. And then there's a whole spectrum of wounded masculine characteristics that we all could have. This guy could have, and people could have a little wounded masculine or a lot, or they could be like full on narcissistic. So there's always a spectrum. And I think regardless, like this guy is showing you, he's not in healthy energy. And you knew it. And I agree with you. You can't like fully prevent these people from coming into your world because, um, you know, the best analogy I just can't think of it off the top of my head, but it has to do with moths and butterflies. And gosh, I wish I could think of it right now. Something like, you know, even moths come closer to the light, just like butterflies would, right? It's like when you are magnetic and open and healthy, you're going to get people who want your light and it's going to be healthy people too. And it's also still going to be people who are low vibe. It's your discernment that protects you. And then you set a boundary, right? You set a boundary with the universe of like, just like you did. Yeah. I'm not available for this. I don't want this. I do believe that over time you start filtering that out with really strong, energetic boundaries. And when it comes on your path, it might take you a few texts, but eventually people like that in my experience do stop showing up. 
Yeah, that's wonderful because I think that's the shifting that's happening now for me is that they're showing up less and less and there's more quality men, which is really lovely. Um, but yeah, he did. He was pushing my boundaries and was like, I think you're making a huge mistake. Like things, watch the wording too. It's like, I think things were like, I, I think you're making a huge mistake. You think I'm making a huge mistake? Okay, you don't know me, boo. You don't know me. You you just reminded me of something though, is um I'm seeing a trend on Instagram that I think is really, really important that we address, which is that and I've heard women are doing this too, but I've only seen it from male to female perspective because that's whom I date. Okay. What's happening is men are reaching out in the DMs who are sexy. I mean, they are fine. Okay. And they will start with a simple message of like, hey, I was looking up another, I was looking up a friend of mine, I was like searching for a friend of mine's profile and I came across yours. How are you? This is usually the opening message. Okay. And they follow you, they might like a couple of photos. So you're, they're catching your attention. Mm -hmm. And as a dating coach, and I do coach men at some, sometimes is I'm always open-minded that these men might be reaching out for dating advice. Mm -hmm. So, or dating coaching. So I'm not going to, I'm not, even though my natural intuition is like, you trying to get some? Ooh, you like <laughs> oh, I don't do this with women though. Isn't that funny? I'm not like, not like with women. I'm not like, you trying to get some? With guys though, I'm like, you trying to get some? Is I always approach it from a very neutral place, inquisitive. Mm -hmm. What's happening though, is how you spot whether this is a fake profile or a couple different ways. Number one, go to who they're following and see if they're following any of your mutual friends. If they are following many of your mutual friends, um, it could be a red flag. Meaning, it's not that you guys have friends and they have friends and you want to be friends like your Biggie Smalls. Mm -hmm. Like it's it might be that they've now tried to comb through other people's profiles to see who you're following to try to make it look like you're connected to mm. each other. Mm -hmm. So that's one, I always look there first. The second place I look is actually in the photos. So I tap on the first photo and I scroll and I look to see how many days in between have they been posting. And what you'll often find is there's this reoccurrence if it's a fake profile, meaning they're gonna try to catfish you or try to take money or whatever the case may be. I haven't, it, it's never gone this far. I usually can spot this right away. Mm you'll notice that there's like multiple photos posted two days ago, two days ago, two days ago, six days ago, six days ago, six days ago. They're, they're almost like feeding the profile in short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but there are no men that I know, coaching space or otherwise, who post multiple photos in a row. They just, men don't have time for that, especially if they are empowered masculine men. They don't have time to be on the gram posting and the other, the third part is really looking at the location of the photos, what's going on in the background of the photos, literally have they posted location. So like I was at the gym yesterday and I was like, hey guys, to the male, the male trainers that were there, I was like, real quick, do you guys think that this is a fake profile? I was like, my honest opinion is that it is. Um, and one of the guys scrolls up and he's like, look, on February 6th, he was in Walt Disney and then February 6th, he was in DC. And then in February 6th, he was, and I and we all went, yep, fake profile, fake profile. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when the guy did write back, I because I had inquisitively asked, like, are you are you reaching out for dating coaching? He was like, no, I was reaching out to get to know you better. And I wrote, no, you know, no, thank you. I wish you the best. Mm 
And my coaches were laughing, going, "No, you shouldn't even have said anything." And I was like, "It's okay. I'm not. I'm not. He. I'm not going to bait him." And when he did try to respond back more, I was like, "No, I'm not available for this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to block and delete." And I reported the account mm-hmm. because it does seem fishy. And this doesn't happen to me very often anymore. Again, it kind of goes back to what you were saying around these energetic boundaries. But when they do, I am so quick to spot them because I have been catfished before. And the person who catfished me, actually none of those things applied that I just talked about. Mm. I was with you when I got catfished, remember? Mm -hmm. I was like, look at this smoke show of a guy Mm -hmm. just like up in my DMs. Mm -hmm. And his photos were not, were strategic. Like it was pretty nice stuff. So I thought that that was important. Yeah. What turned the light bulb on for you with the the first guy you were just referencing? The guy that catfished? Catfished? Yeah. Um, He wouldn't, he wouldn't FaceTime or call. There you go. Perfect. Yep. Or voice memo. He wouldn't voice memo either. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when you can't hear or see them, that's when I was like, mm, that boy ain't right. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who really wants to get to know you just in general beyond catfishing, right? Is going to want to call, talk, get to know you, you know? Have you heard of this theme of what's it called? Textationships that people no. get in these little texting relationships where they like never really meet up. They're just hitting Ugh. each other back on messages. Yes. So I have a former client who reaches out every now and again because she can get herself very easily into those. Mm. And we're trying to get her out of them. And um, yeah, I've just, I actually told her, like, put it in her dating profile that, you know, if it, that you're looking for the real thing and that you're not looking. I actually have this written down. Do you want me to read it off to you as to, like, what I have in my profile? I bet you everybody would love that. Okay. Let's see. Oops, I'm, I'm offline. I silenced my phone for this. I am back online. Okay. Oh, he's cute. Okay. Are <laughs> you getting distracted by cute? Getting distracted. So I make it really clear like three different times on my profile that I'm interested in getting to know someone. Um, and it's the wrong profile. Hold on. It's Hinge. I like Hinge thanks to you. And I also like Bumble. You get a different kind of caliber of people. Hmm. I I had never when I was dating I liked Hinge more. Um yeah, Hinge is pretty great. If you'd like okay, um the best way to ask me out is by reading my profile for common interests. If you'd like to get to know me, I prefer call versus texting back and forth a lot. <laughs> and then I said no dads, please. <laughs> no dads, please. I've dated guys with kids and mm-hmm. hist- I know you're dating someone who does, but like for mm-hmm. me historically I just want someone with a little bit more freedom. Okay, started. I almost started to swipe instinctively as I just did that. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so uh, on that note, I would like to know in a profile, what would make you instantly swipe no? Ugh. <laughs> you want me to open up my hand right now? <laughs> let, me, let me open up my profile. We could do a couple of these. And then, um, and then what would also make you swipe right? I want to know too. Okay. What makes me swipe left is mm-hmm. if I'm not physically attracted to them. Okay. That's fair. Okay. And yeah, I think that is like straight up. Mm-hmm. And then what else, what also I look for, because I don't drink, 
and I don't mind be I have friends who have a couple cocktails now and again mm -hmm. but I actually look for guys particularly because I'm attracted to men is men who have a lot of booze pictures mm -hmm. so I, what's a natural turnoff for me is are they the fucking life of the party mm -hmm. like are they the ones who are like on the table with like mm -hmm. one beer up and like a koozie mm -hmm. and another one and just fucking rocking out like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i can spot it from a mile away so mm -hmm. like if you're somebody who also isn't a big drinker and doesn't want to look to see how many photos do they actually have booze that they're either physically drinking or physically holding in their hands mm -hmm. that's a big one for me and then what else don't i like what would make me naturally swipe left if they do drugs or like smoke mm. and then what oh do you want to ask me a question i was going to tell you what i naturally would swipe right on tell me um i mean this guy's kind of cute i was kind of thinking he has a cute dog which i feel like he would like he's kind of like a mini ollie so yes um, to dogs nose to kids <laughs> yes to being self-employed um yes to drinking sometimes or not at all um yes to really being good look good looking mm. <laughs> like a great body <laughs> i'm a sucker for a good body girl i understand i mean i used to be in the fitness world so i definitely have um respect for it totally i i like really want to actually click on these other profiles but i can't see them because i didn't boost my profile but um yeah, I think those are the three. It's just somebody who also – I think that initially starts it, but I think what then carries me forward is how conversational are they? Mm -hmm. So if somebody is like asking me great questions and is very chatty, I freaking love that. Mm. There's a couple guys who are in the DMs right now who are just like so chatty and I really love it. And then there's other guys that – kind of falling off and you're just like eh. yeah yeah connection's not there i think that's yeah. fair think what about you fair. what would when you were dating mm -hmm. what would you swipe left on and what would you swipe right on is left yes or no oh left is no right is yes okay well you could also just say no or yes if you thought feels i'll easy. tell you what i would swipe yes on is and i had some at this point i was like very specific about what I'm available for and what I'm not. And there was very little wiggle room for, I'd had a lot of almost, you know? So yeah. I was like, mm, no, I know this doesn't work for me. So I needed someone who was spiritually aligned in the ways that I was. That was huge. Like we have to be on the same page about creating and manifesting our lives and soul growth and all of that. It just, and then nothing against any other belief system, just for me and a life partner that was yeah. required. Um, I used to be a sucker for hype. And you watched me alchemize this, Katie. Mm -hmm. I actually don't care about height anymore. And I'm five nine. Uh, the irony is once I let it go and I was like, I really don't care if my soulmate is five, seven, it does not matter to me. I'll be like Taylor Swift. I'll be super hot and tall with short men. Like it could be cool. It could be glamorous, you know? Anyway, the irony is once I let that go, I started dating someone who was almost six, four. So <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> ironic. But it's not height. It's really spiritually aligned entrepreneurs. I, you know, I've done a lot of hard work to have freedom in my lifestyle yeah. um, and to live by impact and soul mission. So this matters to me. I don't know that it would work with someone who was in a nine to five or didn't find purpose in what they do every day. 
you really hit the nail on the head there with the entrepreneurship is mm -hmm. two things, the purpose behind it, like mm -hmm. feeling, feeling like you're waking up every day with a purpose and feeling purposeful, yeah. but then the freedom, I mean, to be able to like get up and go and travel and sleep yeah. in a little late, like there's just stay up all night, whatever. Like it's just, yeah. there's, there's so much fun in that. And I've, I've worked hard to get to that place. Not hard, but I've, I say work hard because I think I naturally pushed against the norm mm -hmm. and I didn't think that this kind of life was possible and mm -hmm. it very much is and I'm a lot happier because of it because yeah, I really yeah. value freedom. That's like one of my core values. Me too. Me too. Totally. Those are, I think those are the PG answers that I would share on my podcast for what would be <laughs> Because there's one that I want to say, but you can't actually tell that. I want to say it. I, I don't want to withhold it from you all. And Katie's one of my best friends, so she knows this, but I just feel like, <laughs> crap, now I've called myself out. You, can you say it? It's just your podcast. I mean, I just needed someone who really valued pleasure and intimacy. There's actually no shame in this. I'm just being bashful about it. But it, it because it's such a big part of my life and I teach orgasmic manifestation and pleasure, I needed a partner who could see eye to eye level on like why this is important. And it's not everything as in, um, you know, it overrides all else, but it's part of the emotional connection and they play into each other and there's magic in it and connection in that. So I really needed somebody who was on that page with me. I really, um, yeah. Can I pause you for a sec. Mm. I really love that you, I know you're being bashful about it, but like, I really love that you just brought that up because mm. I think the more that you do, I know for me, it has being your friend, but also being a client, it's been really supportive to have you talk about it more because mm. coming from, you know, a Catholic household where there was a lot of shame around mm. self-pleasure and masturbation and, um, and porn and uh, having sex before marriage um, and then having sex and not being married, like all that shit. Mm. At 38, I find myself, you know, repeating these shameful patterns sometimes where I'll sleep with someone. And I remember, I think one of my big soul growths that happened in that last relationship was having sex with him early and and feeling very emotionally safe to do so mm -hmm. before and after. But there was a split second the next morning where I woke up and I tapped him on the back and I was like, hey, can we can we talk about this real quick? Mm -hmm. I can sometimes feel shame after having sex and I really don't want to do that with you because if I do that, I'm going to close down and like I think this could be something really great. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he's like, great, what do you need? And I was like, I just need you to lay it on a little thick today. Mm -hmm. And like he was so affectionate and so attention attentive and so loving, which was very supportive. And I think for me what the biggest lesson was was even if he wasn't that way, I can still be that way for me. I can still be loving and attentive and, and accepting of the fact that like pleasure and sex and sensuality is something that's really meaningful to me and that there doesn't have to be shame around that. Mm -hmm. And especially as someone who is recovering from sex and love addiction of constantly using flirting or my body or whatever or sex in general to be able to manipulate and get what I want mm -hmm. and which was to get love, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. is it's my natural instinct to still go to that self-deprecating shameful place and instead when we have conversations like this it gives me permission to be like yeah see sex is something that is very mm -hmm. special to me and 
I want to be able to have a partner who will explore what that looks like for, for me and for him and for the both of us. Mm, Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that. It's so true. And I can see why you could go to a place of, you know, having dealt with sex and love addiction to think like, well, then sex is just the bad thing. You know what I mean? And feel a little bit of shame around it Mm -hmm. versus it comes from overflow. I don't think there's anything wrong with um, sex for pleasure with someone. I don't think you have to be in love. I think that I don't feel any shame around that. However, I do think there's magic when you are in love with somebody and from that overflowing place, you're yeah. connecting physically. Like that's what we came for. We're souls in a human body. This is our physical manifested 3D experience where you can see and taste and touch and feel and smell. Sex is magical. It mm. really is. And it's our it birthright really and pleasure is our birthright. So Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I agree with you. It is so important to speak more openly about it. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Where did we interrupt this? I don't even remember. I think we were talking about, and maybe if you're okay with it, Mm. I have to get ready for this date, but I think we were talking about what are some things that you would have that you really valued and what are some things that you really did not value as you were dating? You started talking about what you valued, which, Mm. and then you ended on pleasure, like pleasure and sexuality and sensuality. Did you want to share what were non like Uh, those? I mean, I feel like it's less important being out of alignment in any of those areas where I've learned our deal breakers or hard nose. They were hard pass. They were the hardest nose. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask you a few fast questions to wrap it up. Do you want to share something else before we Awesome. Let's go. Okay. I want to know. I've borrowed some of these questions. I'm a big podcast fan. I've borrowed some of these questions from some of my favorite podcasters. So if you're a podcast fan, you may have heard them before. First question, what is the best advice you've ever received? Ooh, best advice I've ever received. You're responsible for what you say and how you say it. You are not responsible for how someone takes it. Mm, that's good advice. Mm. What is the worst advice you've ever received? The worst advice I've ever received is, oh, um, that you should forgive people. And let me preface this by saying you should forgive and forget. Mm. I I think that is the worst advice, which also kind of goes hand in hand with like the other worst advice that I got, which was like, as these are both given to me as kids, is that when people are making fun of you or bullying you, it's because they actually like you. Right? So um, working with my therapist on this, she says that that actually is true, that little boys, when they like little girls, they will kick and punch and push and whatever. Mm. But that we as parents are to teach our children, specifically our male children, or those who identify as men, that who have loads of testosterone pumping through them, that this is not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so this sort of goes hands in hands with when someone kicks, kicks push, punches, throws jabs verbally or emotionally, uh, verbally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever, Mm. you don't have to subscribe to this belief that you can, you need to forgive and forget them. Mm. You can forgive to have compassion and let, and, and let go of the resentment that you're bearing, but that doesn't mean you actually have to be around them. Mm -hmm. And so I wish that my grandmother who gave me those advices 
she was trying to navigate really tricky situations with one uncle in particular. And I really wish she would have said, you know what? Fuck him. <laughs> I wish she said it's five, six, seven, eight, nine, the whole time I was being bullied by him to just say, fuck him. <laughs> Who cares? Who Yeah. cares? You go on and live your best life. And, um, but it's something I'm still working through. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now we know as adults, if something's not aligned, you don't change, you don't try to force it. You don't try to change them. You just say, Oh, this is totally isn't aligned. Cool. Go your way. I'll go mine. But it's funny when you're a kid, they're like, well, it's your uncle. Well, it's your cousin. Like you have to have a relation. No, you don't actually. Yeah, no, like with my children, if, if, if anybody, if they just felt that they were uncomfortable in any way, shape or form, I would do everything in my power to be like, all right, then we don't have to see them. Right. Yep. Kids Still know, possible. kids intuitively know right from wrong Mm -hmm. and what feels good and what doesn't. And you, if you ever notice a child, a child, like I find that children like run right up to me or they smile or they like like I can turn a sad baby into a happy baby in like two seconds kids know intuitively who are good people you know I feel like I'm the baby whisperer So what you're saying is you are the best person. <laughs> Just kidding. I this is not narcissistic at all I'm the best person in the entire world if you have a, ch a crying child call me I will make them laugh And babies know who the best people are. babies know who the best people are <laughs> So I'm the best, ah, baby. I'm just teasing. Katie really is one of the greatest people, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> I do think it's like a magical skill I have, though, that I have no idea how I've, I've gotten it. But we all have these magical skills. And that's what my parents used to say to me as a kid. You're really good with kids. And I was like, You should have started with that when I asked you what your magic was. Well, I'm great with babies. <laughs> I <laughs> am the baby whisperer. I'm great uh -huh. with babies. Yeah. Um, I can talk a dog off a meat truck. That's what my friends say. If you ever need to get into a club, call me. I will hook it up. We will get in in no time. And it's not because I'm pretty. It's because I can talk a dog off a meat truck. I love that phrase. My dad says that. I love it so much. Okay. Last question for you. If you could implant one concept into the brains of everyone in the world, what would it be? If I could implant one what? One concept. One concept into the brains of everyone, what would it be? Or their hearts. I feel like that's better. In their hearts, yeah, it would be Oh god, this is a good question. It would be be kinder to yourself than everyone else. Mm. So great. We do the opposite, you know? the opposite we're kinder to other people than we are to ourselves and i feel like if we are kinder to ourselves we will gent gently and genuinely be kinder to other people Mm. Yeah, I would agree. It, you naturally are kinder. Mm -hmm. yeah So good. Katie Grimes, the people love you. They want more from you. Where do they find you besides on my Instagram when we're having fun and causing chaos in Nashville? <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so you can hit me up on Instagram, kg.katiegrimes, if you're listening to the podcast. And I would love for you to send me a DM and just say hi and tell me that you heard from me from Brie and don't just say hey because then I will think you're a creepy dude. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> say hi on Instagram and just say that you heard me on Brie's podcast. And if you're down to have a conversation, I'd love to just get to know you better. 
And if you're inspired to coach together or you want to collaborate in some way, shape, or form, happy to do that all through there. Another way you can hit me up is on my podcast, Anything for Love. Every week I give you little 20-minute episodes that are just like really good all about love, life, business, and really creating a better relationship with yourself. And then the third is katiegrimes.com. And that has a whole list of like all the ways that you can get support and just feel really whether it's on your own or whether it's working with me one-on-one or through a group, um, just kind of dive into the website a little bit. I put a lot of heart and soul into it, and I think it's a really good way for people to, one, get to know me better, but more importantly than that is for them to get to know themselves better and see if maybe we could be a good fit to coaching together. So great. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. I'm so happy you were here. Me too. I can't wait to see you in Nashville and we can do this live. I know. Live Instagram will be so fun. Have the best time on your date. I love you so much. And we will see you very soon. See you soon. Thanks, Brie.